0: Welcome in to the Louisiana Derby podcast for Fairgrounds Racecourse. I'm Chad Snyder alongside Mike Deloberto, episode 11 of season two, and it's Louisiana Derby week, Mike. But first off, um, I want to send thoughts and prayers to those affected last night by the tornadoes on the West Bank, Araby, New Orleans East, a lot of damage in Araby, about five miles here from the fairgrounds. Um, we know people who lost their homes over there and having just been through Ida down here a few months ago and rebuilding and now you, this you feel for all those involved um and you know, look we're no strangers to bad weather both of us haven't grown up here um below sea level any tornado is a scary proposition but at night man that's just got to be terrifying so our thoughts and prayers are obviously with those folks um down there from the tornadoes oh you're
1: right in fact one of our long-time uh racetrackers 49 uh his aunt and uh her daughter both flipped. she's 80 years old Is that live in the Araby, and they had a lot of damage he told me
0: yeah so terrible for those folks but um we're here to talk a little horse <laughs> racing and we're in the home stretch of the fairgrounds, 150th season, culminating this weekend with Louisiana Derby Day. A 12-race card is going to start at noon, I believe, correct? Noon. Noon on uh, Saturday. Friday is a 10-race card, really good card Friday here. And Sunday's closing day, 13 races scheduled that day. Um, first post is going to be twelve ten. is that correct? 12 10, 13 races. 13 races. So, look, Saturday and Sunday you got uh 25 races in in two days so there's spots to make money we're going to try to help you out and try to do that and we're going to talk about the Saturday races here you know we always get to this point in the meet Mike and um we go man it went by so fast but anything surprising you thus far at the meet as far as uh trainers or jockeys or big days results anything surprising to you that stood out?
1: Nah you know not really you know it's it's Trying to figure it out like we figured, you know James Graham and Mitchell and Cobra Hernandez for the rider title, and Ron Fosse going to repeat probably as a leading trainer. And Ron knows what he has to do to to keep winning those races. You know he made a lot of smart claims and drop downs and. uh you know, so it looks like he's going to, you know, make the New Orleans people proud again.
0: Yeah, Ron Fauché, happy for him. Looks like he's going to cruise up and get the trainer's title. Um, you know, we talked about owners. We talked about who might win the titles earlier in the meeting. Man, Evelyn Benoit and Britland Stable, wow, what a fantastic meet. And I believe, you know, she's up to 24, maybe 25 wins. All of them have been star guitars.
1: And Ma- Ma- Camayo had a great year. That was, yeah. I mean, they did everything. everything. They started off really hot, kind of had a middle run and then picked it up hot again the last couple of weeks and they got that really nice Philly overcharge running on the last day
0: yeah so check that out um congratulations to britland stable (laughs) miss evelyn she's so good for the game down here um and she runs her horses and she believes in star guitar and she lets him prove it on the racetrack so and you know what
1: he's proven that he's a turf sire and a dirt sire he his horses run anywhere i think people started taking notice too because there's there's some different outfits
0: um that are ended up with these star guitars and they're going to go win at different places so
1: keep an eye out on those
0: horses they got some tough ones out there and another guys that ship in have done real well there's a uh, jake Delhomes people <laughs> yeah yeah jake's done well this me they've had a really fantastic meet, and they got a couple of horses here over the weekend too that um we might, we're gonna touch on but um you know louisiana derby saturday overall mike it could really be a historic day for ron winchell ron winchell and team asmussen i mean they got echo zulu coming back for the oaks and midnight bourbon is over in dubai actually running in the world cup for a uh, for 12 million dollar person epicenter i mean Wow. Talk about the, the rich The rich get richer, and those three horses could definitely uh take, take down some rich purses on Saturday. Oh, yeah. They're they loaded for bear this weekend. <laughs> I saw Jackie's Warrior was back on the tab as well this week, Mike, the 2021 champion sprinter. Early thoughts, I guess. Uh, how has he looked, um,
1: and
0: uh, what's he doing
1: out there? They haven't really set him down hard yet. They've been doing some nice easy three-eighths and halves with him. Uh, uh, but, you know, looks, looks really good. Uh, uh, probably getting him ready for a nice spring campaign.
0: Anybody else on the stakes level maybe prepping here for uh, bigger
1: things that caught your eye? Uh, Wayne Catalano brought back the uh, British Cup sprint winner, uh, uh, Aloha West. uh, He came back, worked very well the other morning. In fact, talking to Wayne, he was originally planning his first start to be the Churchill meet, but he said he's coming back a little quicker than he thought, so there's a possibility you might see him at Keeneland. Oh, nice, nice. That'd be good. Aloha West. Training back there on the fairgrounds. Well, let's get
0: into the card, Mike. We can go ahead and just start at the top and run through these races. Um, you've seen a lot of these horses in the morning, and you know, the last two big days we started off with a Louisiana bred, um, a Louisiana bred race in the card. Not so on Saturday. This is uh, one of the four maiden special weights, and this is a really good one for three year old Phillies. Um, it's uh, going six furlongs on the main track, bright and early, first time starters in there. Um, you got Looks like you made the morning line favorite in there, the seven to two or three to one, actually. Bell Rebel for uh, Steve Asmussen. Take us through. Uh, take us through a little bit of what's going on
1: here in this race. I, I tell you what, it's only eight horse race, and I got checks on four of them that I think could pop up and win. Uh, <clears throat> most of them all first time starters, but uh, Georgetown Road showed improvement in in uh, her last start, finishing second. You know, you got to give her a shot off of that. You know that she's got the racing experience. Uh, Bell Rebel, uh, this one here. We had a very solid gate work twice, uh, good gate works we Showed a lot of speed in the gate work. 22 and change, 34 and change, 47 and one. Got to think she's got a chance. Violent Outburst for Tom Amos. Worked in company with Exatitude, uh, his, his other horse. And Violent Outburst got a little better of her in, in those works. Uh, you know, 47 and three out of the gate, solid effort. And maybe a hidden horse might be uh, number eight, Miss Red from the Al Stahl Barn. Uh, she's got a couple of solid gate works uh, also that way. She finished up in 12 and 1. And anytime you go around the bend and then keep finishing up, you know, you got to give them a chance. But really, competitive race to start the day.
0: You know, I like the Al Stahl. You mentioned him. Um, Stahl's been very good at this meet with his first time starters, Mike. He's sent out 17 first time starters, has four wins. Two seconds and three-thirds. Evan Singh won on the turf just last week. I made in special weight company. He's had a couple others, Dallas Volunteer, Underhill's Tab, and Burning Hunk of Love. So Al's done pretty well with the first-time starters here, so I definitely like giving him a look. Um, the one-horse catch magic for Norm Cassie um, had a, had some nice works back dating back to Churchill last summer, and then they backed off. Um, they paid $600,000 for this curling Colt. You expect him maybe uh, expect – I'm sorry, Colt Philly. Um, you expect her to get you know better as the age goes on. Looking at her, looking at statistics, Norm Cassie is 0 for his last fourteen with first-time starters with five thirds. Um, you know the the one pretty birdie won, the last one he won with back in June. That's a really nice stakes filly that he's got. And Brad Cox, uh, the two Patna Mike is a half to Ducally, wow. who's um, you know Cox's uh, allowance horse. I'm not sure if he's here or Oakland, but um cox is sent out this year first time starter wise 11th first time starters this year between here and oakland he's got four wins in two seconds so his barn's really firing with the first time starters and Florent Giroux rides that one i know very competitive race to start the day no doubt let's um move on to the second race here and that's going to be on the turf we're going to go on the turf for a maiden special weight this is for three-year-olds this is colts mile on the 16th and um big uh <laughs> decent field here mike a lot of eight to one shots in here you go with brendan walsh <laughs> and mcgolden
1: um, lot of these 8-to-1 shots. What we got going on? Uh, you know, really, it, it's another very, very competitive race. Uh, Mazuma from the asmussen barn, two races back, was a solid second with Rosario hit. Then he kind of, kind of threw in a clunker in his last start. Uh, I made him the lukewarm 3-to-1 favorite, but, but there's about five other ones you can give a chance to. Faith Runner showed improvement last time out, finishing second to setting and the Wise. Got to think he's got it. all right. Some of the first-time starters, uh, my brother Patrick and Madison Loves Duke. Uh, my brother Patrick... Been working pretty solid for Mike Stidham, a lot of five-eighths works. And Mike can get him ready going two turns first time. And obviously, he thinks a lot of this, Colt, because his last two works, he worked in company with Proxy, who's oh, one of no. the favorites in the one's handicap. So, you know, he's working with a graded stakes winner. You know, you got to think he's got something there. And Al Stalls, Madison Loves Dukes, another one. Uh, her gate work was pretty solid, 35-3, and 48-1, and, and then went out 101-3. And now is Al's also one that can get him, get him ready to go two turns first time out. But uh, really a really competitive race, I'd have to say.
0: Yeah, one of those races, Mike, where you got to really watch the board, watch what the doubles are paying, and the money might lead you in the right direction here. The second race on the card Saturday at the fairgrounds. Moving on to the third race. This is one of the state-bred stakes on this day that they're starting to do. This was the Crescent City Oaks. It's for Louisiana breads that are uh, three-year-old fillies, and they're going a mile and 70 yards on the main track, Mike. And, um, but these Louisiana Louisiana bred start early, taking turns beating each other, beating each other up. But um, there's a Mo Tom filly in here that you made the first that made a, that you made a favorite, uh, three to one. Whole lot of Mo has been over the track twice here and has a second. Um, what do we know about her?
1: Well, I just know she looked like a horse that likes two turns. Uh, ran a solid second did a really good filly and feel like a girl uh, at Delta Downs, and then came back and got up to win in a last start of steak race. So been keep keeping state company, good company. I think she's going to be real tough in here. And also, the one speeding the rail and got uh, Brian Hernandez. And he's a master at getting them out, putting them on the fence, and slowing it down. And she comes off of a very impressive mile win here last time out. So I think those two are the two horses to beat in here. But, you know, Nanny's a, a hoot. This one has been running on the turf and running pretty good. Two wins in the last three starts. But. She's trained okay over the over the main track, so I guess you can't throw her out either. But I think either the one or the five would be the logical horses.
0: Uh, the hor- a horse that in there that I kind of um, took a liking to, and just because I bet on her first time out at Delta was Mishpaka, Mishpaka for Coto Grove Farms and uh, Brett Calhoun. Um, we had Andrew Carey on the podcast last week uh, talking about Coto Grove Farms and. Um, the great things they're doing over there. This is an allowance horse. i um, going to make a stakes debut here. She was so impressive first time out at Delta. I put her in my stable mail, and I said, I wrote Champions Day because I really thought she'd show up at Champions Day. And Brett put her in the allowance race. Um, he skipped the Champions Day, brought her in for fairgrounds. And I said, oh, this is a good spot. Let me see. We're going a mile, two turns. Yeah, this is good. Well, she went off five to two and run second. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I said, okay. So watched the last two races, and I think he's got her back doing pretty well um she interests me a little bit at eight to one so i'm gonna throw her in there for a price
1: well no no surprise because she went off the favorite in a, in, a, in a surf race and uh you just didn't fire that day for some reason fourth race on the card mike is a maiden special weight this
0: one's a mile on the turf and this one's for the phillies three years old in this race um uh, and these turf races i'm telling you um not that they're the death of me all meet or the death of people but you know with the rail going in and out we're going to mention the rail is going to be at zero um this weekend for saturday and sunday but um this turf course, this meet, has played Very, very strange. Everywhere. <laughs> I mean, everywhere. Um, you know, I'm starting to hear the the, the, the rumbles already about the inside's going to be good. Um, this weekend, know, look, bet, bet the best horse, right? I mean, try to bet the best horse and hope he gets the right trip is all you can say. But I'm definitely interested
1: in watching how the turf course plays as the week goes on. Uh, another very competitive race. Uh, the Ten Horse-Masoni uh, ran a solid th- uh, second, first time out here at the fairgrounds in his, uh, his 3 old debut, ran second to New Year's Eve and beat Torberts. Well, Torbritz came back to win two in a row after that, and New Year's Eve came back to win his next start and then run second in the stake race. So, I mean, a third in the stake race. So, you know, Masoni I think, is the horse to beat in here. Uh, his stablemate, uh, Treasure of War, came out of that same race back behind New Year's Eve and, and with Torbritz and him and kind of broke a little slow and still in a good race, only got beat five and three quarters, and he picks up uh, you know, a solid rider in uh, the Biscuit. So I think at a price, he might be worth throwing in there. Uh, Brad Cox has the 11 horse, forgotten realm, a $625,000 purchase, been working very well, and Brad definitely can get him to go two turns first time out. Uh, he also has another first uh, that Rosario is going to ride for him, uh, world Premiere. So you, you got to think both of those horses alive also.
0: No, Forgotten Realm, you got 9 to 2 in the morning line. Uh, the stall, stall actually trained that dam. You remember her applauding? Oh, yeah. Applauding. Yeah. She won. Solid she won yeah, she won three out of four starts, won an allowance race, actually here in, at the fairgrounds in her second start. Um, so she was a nice filly. I believe she got hurt and never really got to show you know her true potential. But um, her, she caught my eye because I remember her running here at the fairgrounds. Um, Treasure of War, yeah, it's one with the blinkers on. For Cherie DeVoe, um, like you said, Bashitsa taking over in the saddle for Declan Carroll. So I like that. Those declarations of awards are pretty tough. Um, a race you probably got to go pretty deep in, I would imagine, if you're going to play the early pick four and the pick fives. That's the fourth race, the mile on the turf, made in special weight at the fairgrounds. Fifth race on the card, the state-bred Crescent City Derby. $75,000 purse, Mike, mile on the 16th. Um, this is one, you know, the Crescent City Derby, Crescent City Oaks, just part of the um, part of the uh, the racing um makeup here at the fairgrounds tambourine star in this race you made it 12 to 1 that horse interests me a little bit at that price um hasn't went over the track here was favored last time out um Not sure, uh, I think the longer the better for this horse, but what can you tell us about Tambourine Star and some of the other ones in here? Actually, I bet on him in
1: his last race, and he disappointed me. That's why I made him higher. He he made a good move and opened up a lead. I thought he was going to be home free. I think I was on that train with you. And and Jake DeLome and them ran over him. (laughs) Yeah, he (laughs) did. uh, He did. You know, know, I I can't say I can't throw him out because, uh, you know, he ran a solid second behind Bokta Gimlet, the favorite, you know, Mm -hmm. back at Delta earlier in the meet. So, uh, you know, I think he, you know, I can't say he's a throw. This race... Believe me, from top to bottom, there's about 10 of them can win this race, in my opinion. No, it's good. I mean, Dr. Gimlet didn't, you know, he didn't run bad in his only start at the fairgrounds, finishing the closing four sprinting, but I think he's a better horse going two turns. He won going a mile pretty easily, beat a lot of these horses. I think he's the one to beat. Uh, Tom Amos has uh, more memories. Uh, he didn't run at all at Delta that day, but he'd won three of his last four stars. That was his only dull effort. So I, I think he might bounce back. And, that, and Tom putting Rosario on him, so that tells you mm-hmm. he thinks he's a live horse. Uh, I think the question mark was, too, was United report for Dallas Stewart. I mean, yeah. he went off 2-1 to one against Vox Gimlet more memories and got drilled. But then he came back to win a, a solid uh, sprint race here. And, you know, he'd ran a decent 7 furlong race winning at Delta earlier in the meet. So... You know, he's got a shot in here, like you said, two to tambourine, and both of Jake's horses, uh, you know, uh, Playmo and uh, Cosmic Train, both of those horses, you know, have proven around two turns. So believe me, if they got a fast pace in here, you got to watch out for them too. No, a-, a lot of horses in this race, in fact, most of the field has
0: won here at the fairgrounds, and that's what makes it tough because a lot of those horses in here has, have won. Vodka Gimla hasn't, but, you know, you got, I'll tell you facts down there at the bottom for Shane Wilson's won two times here at the fairgrounds. Like you said, Unified Report. They're going to try. I, probably This might be the last time he's going two turns, I would think, is if they, they fail this time against Louisiana Breds, they're probably going to just go back and sprint him, um, which is what he's been very, very good at. So, yeah, interesting race there in the Crescent City Derby. The fifth race on the card Saturday. Here at the fairgrounds, Um, the stakes race, stakes race, and the six races. The Coastal Rising, um, five and a half on the turf, and I can tell you this race last year devastated me. Let me (laughs) tell. So the long shot play of the day last year for me was actually Jake's horse in this race, and I was actually on on um, on doing the paddock preview for this race, and I picked this horse on top, and it was X Clown. Right, So X-Clown goes off at 50-1 to and gets nailed by Classy John, who himself was 30-1 to that day. Um, So these turf races spreads, Louisiana Breds, look, it's a dartboard type of race. Of course, both of those come back in this race this year because that's what Louisiana Breds do every year Um, in this race. I don't know where I'm going. Classy John and X-Clown, I believe, are going to be a lot lower in prices this year. I'm looking for a price in this race. What do you have for me? Well,
1: uh, you know, I, I got both of those as solid efforts. They always show up going five and a half here at the fairground. So, and they are always almost like heads apart. Mm-hmm. So you got to use those two when you're playing. The question mark about Birdie's Galaxy? She's been a, he's been the class of these Louisiana birds. I mean, ten wins in seven seconds from twenty three lifetime starts, and five and a half furlongs is a perfect distance for this horse. Question mark is the turf. Didn't run a bad turf race, uh, you know. Back uh, in one of his earlier starts last start, last year in the turf race, he got bumped around out the start, never got to show his speed at all. But looks like Ron's got him in great you know great form right now. What a great claim that was! He claimed it for twenty thousand off of John Coleman mm-hmm. Car- Cowan a couple years back, and he's done nothing but good with this horse. So I think you know that's a wild card. in here. Uh, Fochet's other horse half again. Been working very well. Uh, Solid. Hadn't started yet at the meet. Been working solidly here. And, you know, and ran with some pretty quick horses with uh, a song of Arch and Violet Ways. And I think a horse for a little bit of a price, you might, uh, Yankee 7. This is another one that's, Popped up on occasion to run some big races, and since he switched barns to the Ramirez barn, he's got two wins in a second in his last three starts.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good race, these Louisiana breds on the turf, and everybody seems to have one of these um, in the state. So we're not sure how it's going to shake out, shake out after, after scratches, but we should get a firm turf course on Saturday. Look for a price there in the sixth race, the Costa Rising. We're going to go ahead and stop it right here, take a break, come back on the other side, and we'll get into a really good maiden special weight race the seventh, and then we'll look at the late pick five um, here at the fairgrounds and all the really good stakes races. We'll be back right after this. We are getting close to Easter and wanted to let our local folks know that Louisiana Craft Butchers is offering a limited number of Steen's Cane Syrup Injected Pecan Smoked Spiral Cut Hams for Easter. Flavor all the way through. Get those orders in now for all the best Cajun cuisine you can find. They got andouille. They got boudin. They got deli meats. Go check out their website to see all they got. Give them a call to place your next order, Louisiana Craft Butchers, 504-466-9788. Let Louisiana Craft Butchers help you make this Easter one to remember, 504-466-9788. Check out their website, lacraftbutchers.com. March Madness. Before you place your bets on the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight, check out the consultants at MeatAndPotatoesUSA.com. They are on fire with March Madness picks. They offer a money-back guarantee on all Sweet 16 and Elite Eight picks. Win money. MeatAndPotatoesUSA.com is available on your smartphone, laptop, and computer. You can connect on Facebook and Instagram as well. MeatAndPotatoesUSA.com. Back here on the Fairgrounds Racing Podcast, Chad Shaq Snyder alongside Mike DeLiberto as we get into the rest of the back half of the Fairgrounds card on Saturday. Let's take a look at the seventh race, Mike, and a uh, lot to talk about here. These maiden special ways, six furlongs. Here's the Colts, three years old. And as usual, horses that we've been waiting for all meet, all end up in the same
1: maiden race. That's true. A bunch of, <laughs> bunch of them have been training exceptionally well out here. So, But, you know, you got Steve Ashmus, and he went off the favorite last time out, and they ran nine and two. And you got beat in nine and two with a first. That's hard to do. And he only got beat ahead. And he's back there with Joe Rosario again on the rail. I think he's the horse to beat. But I think there's a first time starter that definitely been training exceptionally well.
0: Okay. So stop me here. He gets the. This is. We talked about Marsalis, obviously, from the rail. Um, he took a lot of uh, money. Went, like Mike said, went off the favorite. I thought the ride by Rosario was way too overconfident. He was on the inside. He didn't seem like he even asked his horse for nothing, and Momentus was coming right by and put his head in front. He actually waited till Momentus was in front of him, pretty good before he started asking. By that time, I thought, you know, he, he was a little bit down the ways from him. But I don't understand how you run one hundred nine and two and
1: only get a seventy-five buyer. I, you know what? The, the buyers on the early part of the card were just unusually slow bad numbers. I mean, I just think it was bad numbers. I think the whole race day that <laughs> was just weird, right? I mean, the whole race day with numbers, because, you know, Olympia I mean, had set a track record. This one runs
0: 109-2. and two. The Phillies, out of the Rachel, which we'll talk about in a little while, ran completely slow. And Cyberknife, in his allowance race, beat the Rachel Alexander Phillies going to mile and 16th
1: by two seconds yeah that's 10 lengths no the track was playing very funny that day
0: yeah so i mean if you figures guys and you look at figures and you're going back and look at the charts from risen star day i don't know what to tell you i wish we could help you more there but it was a strange track especially on the dirt um but back to the seventh race marsalis you know I, i think you got him nine to five more in line um i see him going dropping down a little bit like you said but um, the, the Marsalis of this maiden special weight race this time around um, that we all, you know, high on is going to be Strobe, right? I mean, he, he's the Marsalis first-time starter in this Strobe race. Strobe
1: has worked as well as any first-time starter the whole meet. I mean, February 21st, he went 58-4 and four out the gate. Now, he was asking, but he went out in 11 and change for the 6 furlongs. <laughs> Came back uh, on March the 12th, a solid best of 89-47-4. And, and then his last race, uh, his last work, right here last week on March the 19th, 48 flat but what was deceiving about that he finished in 34 and two the last three eights so he's a horse that's doing exceptionally well i think he's going to give morselis all he wants so i really think one of those two will win and probably one one two. one two and i'm looking for some other first time starters and horses to run second or third i got the four five ten and twelve underneath with those two has strobe been working with anybody of note (coughs) <coughs> oh excuse me uh yeah he's worked with uh he's worked with uh, a couple of the solid horses uh early in the meet uh the uh, uh messiah warrior the horse okay, that yeah, ran yeah. ran second i think at oakland last time out it's right. been one of his regular work mates
0: maiden uh you know Vinko in here is a horse that everybody talks about the west point 1.5 million dollar horse you know now they're cutting back uh dallas to go cut back with him and put the blinkers on and hope for a, a new result his first two Outs were disappointing at short prices. Um, this time you bumped him up. You said, hey, 12-1 to 1 here this time. Um, you know, I, I, just don't, I don't really know what to th- think about Vinko. I wasn't on him the first two times, but I know a lot of people um, thought highly of this horse, especially if he had that trip first time out that a lot of people noted on. Um, has he looked any
1: better, any, any same since his last out? You know, he's trained well. I can say he hadn't trained well, but uh, he, believe me, he's going to catch a much tougher field here than he did the first two times. Um, Tom
0: Amos has can't hush this. It was a little bit of a buzz. Um, lit. I say a little bit because Marcellus was the buzz out of that race. Um, but Amos uh, better with second time starters. You know this meet. He's had, he's had kind of a tough meet. He's had a good meet overall. Um, tough meet as far as first time starters go. And obviously can't Hush this isn't a first time starter. But Amos is zero for fourteen with first time starters this meet. And that that that's a little bit deceiving because.
1: He's run into some monsters. Oh, yeah. And he's run some good races, just weren't good enough sometimes.
0: Right. So, um, yeah, this race, you know, Marsalis, like you said, strobe. Um, Malibu SS is the first-time starter for Amos, which is why I mentioned that. Um, Ram Jammer for Fauche, I just want to mention him. Uh, this is a first-time starter. Ron isn't exactly the first-time starter kind of trainer. He hasn't won with a first-time starter. I'm going to give him a little hell for this, but he'll probably listen and shoot me a text. Um, he hasn't won with a first-time starter since June of last year. <laughs> and so he, that, that's going back 15 starts, but um, he's really good off the claim. He's going to be our, lead, our leading trainer here at the meet. But first-time starters is not really a, a fauché forte. Um, and he had to get many of them, to be honest with you. So look for Strobe and Marsalis out of this maiden race. Whoever doesn't win the maiden race here is probably going to win at Keeneland. I would have to think so. Eighth race on the card, Tom Benson Memorial Stakes. Um, name for our man, Mr. B., uh here in new orleans the saints owner pelicans owner mile the 16th on the turf for uh, the benson and this race um last year won by i believe it was joe sharps or song of saratoga with irad won this race um that we liked in that in there what do you got here in this race uh for the Benson? You know, this is
1: another really good race because you got two logical horses both coming off of layoffs you know mm-hmm. uh, henny woods hadn't run since i him, a grade one uh, against some really good i mean keeping really good graded states company working very well here at the fairgrounds if, if she's cranked up ready to fire her best i think she might be the one to beat but you know this might be something to get her ready for a great at stake race at, at keeneland coming up so i, I think uh, give her a slight nod gam's mission another one was keeping great company over the summer at uh, saratoga and up in new york and ran against santa barbara and con lima two really great at stakes horses there she goes back on lasix here she's two for two on lasix Another one coming off of a layoff, but you know, Cherie Devote does very well bringing them off of layoffs. So those are the two most logical, but uh, there's three or four other ones. Uh, Lake Lucerne, uh, this one, Rosario, another one that coming off of a layoff since November. Looked like, you know, they all getting one, you know, under their belt before the big races at Keeneland. She Can't Sing and Lovely Ride, two solid horses that have run over the track, she can't sing, stretched out last time out and popped up and beat past the plate at big odds at 24 to 1. Can't throw her out. She's come back and worked well. And lovely ride, two solid efforts uh, in the two-stake races here. So it, this is a really good race, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, lovely ride. Uh, switches Barnes from uh, Brett Calhoun to Robertino Diodoro. And Florent Giroud jumps aboard. board. Um, jumps aboard this philly like you said was uh one to Pago hop here to close out the three-year-old season she's four she came back in the Marie prance memorial and ran very very well um so she likes this track here i think she's probably going to be my top pick um lovely ride she can't sing 24 to one look that was the time to have her i mean when these phillies <laughs> will yeah. face each other on the turf that's what you want um it's gonna be hard to, to suck it up and take six to one or so on her this time around um so i think she's a pass for me hindi woods I, I really like she was two for two here in the turf last year tyler's on you know with this, these phillies they go lasix on LASIKs off you know she's getting the lasix back on this time around she's very tactical um but like you said i think this might be a prep for something later on um clara peters is local horse here this one um she's gotten around the neighborhood in the backside. You know, she's uh, been claimed three times. She's oh, in a, yeah,
1: 40,000 each time. She's in man. her
0: fourth barn of, of the meet. So she's, uh, she's been around the neighborhood back there, and Chris Hartman's got her now. And, boy, let's talk about Chris Hartman. What a meet he's had, right? I mean, <laughs> him and Mitchell Morrell. Chris Hartman has had an unbelievable meet here. Um, so she ran really well. She's got to win over the turf course. So, yeah, a lot of good horses in here. Gam's Mission, mission you mentioned, is uh, cut out to be a nice horse. Fourth in a Grade One at Belmont, that certainly jumps off the page, page at you, um, man. A lot of different ways to go in that race. We'll see, um, you know, who takes the lead, what happens, and how that one shapes up. The ninth race on the card is the mile and the eighth New Orleans Classic, uh, formerly named the New Orleans Handicap. Um, Olympiad comes back here, and I'm guessing it took Bill Mott about 30 seconds to pick out his next spot after seeing that he broke the track record here. He was coming back, and this is going to be his target for five hundred thousand. And Mike, he's he's going to be a bear to get by in the stretch.
1: I have to agree with because the race, since there's a small field of only six and four of them are are definite closers. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, Olympiad, you know, looks like he'll be able to dictate the pace on the front end. And if he slows it down like he did last time, 24, 48, there's no way they're going to catch him. So I I just think he's going to be a solid horse in here. I think he's really, really tough to beat. Proxy ran a big race off of the layoff for Mike Stidham, uh, but the race set up well for him, too, with some quick fractions, but he just blew by him and and, and won so easily, and he was keeping good company last year, too, but he's going to have to be a little forwardly placed in this race for the simple reason, you know, that there's not much speed in the race, but, you know, Proxy off of that last race, I can't say, I think he's got a shot, and Promise Keeper might be the wild card in here for, for Todd Pletcher you know, in his three-year, four-year-old debut, he broke bad and got pinched around and was way back, which is unusual for him. Still finished up very well, if only get beat two and three-quarter lengths. Before that, he was running some pretty decent races, showing some speed. So I think he'll be the cl- you know the one that's going to give Olympia a little pressure early.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who's the one who's going to come out of his game to take on Olympia? That's the question. Todd Pletcher, look, he's owned this race. Uh, maybe not so much recently, but Pletcher has six wins lifetime in the New Orleans Classic. I mean, he's won 07, 08, 10, 11, 13, and 2014 with Palace Malice. Now, a couple of years ago, he had Fearless in here, went off the favorite, and ran off the board. But Todd Pletcher usually sends over a pretty good horse for this race, and he's got Promise Keeper here who ran well. He ran, he ran a, a good number on the sheets um, last time out at uh, at Oaklawn. I think he's got a, a shot chess chief is um you know the horse that has five wins lifetime and thirty starts, and all five have been over this track. He won this race um you know one year it. <laughs> he won it last year at five to one got up at that photo with Owendale on the wire. I mean you talk about. You could tell somebody picked this horse after they hit the wire, and you could say, "Hey, I, you could bet fifty-fifty. It was that close. Yeah. It was a really tight photo. A lot of people thought Owendale hung on, but Chess Chief gets Lasix back on for this one off the um, the Pegasus try. He runs his best races here, like you said. I, I just don't know. He likes to come from from out of it a bit. And Proxy, you know, who, what's Proxy going to be this year? I got. I think we're going to find out in this race what Mike Stenham has, and if this horse can. Um, Keep improving as a four-year-old. He certainly got the breeding to do it, and um, I'm interested to see because he likes to track here at the fairgrounds. It's a good race around Olympiad. I think if Olympiad wasn't in here, you'd have a few more horses, and it'd really be a tough race. But I think Olympiad just off that off that number last time. um, You know, he just he stands out to me, and obviously to you, and something that maybe you know handicappers can lean on in the pick five late. is Olympiad in the New Orleans Classic. Let's move on to the tenth race. And uh, the, the old Mervin Munez Memorial Classic, your boy Merv, Mike. Um, I know you miss him. You got a Mervyn story for us?
1: Well, we got a million Mervin stories for us. <laughs> Mervin was the greatest. He he was one of the, He's one of those you could put down as a Damon Runyon character also.
0: <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. They, one of the all-time great knockers. <laughs> one of the all-time great knockers. No, he was a racing secretary here for a number of years um, around the game and grew up around the track. and. Uh, we, we missed the Merv down here. Glad they got this nice, nice turf race named after him. at the grade two. And um, Chad Brown, you know, he's got turf horses in his barn all over, and he's going to sh- ship two of them over here, Mike. But the combined age of these two horses is 15 years old. He has a 7-year-old in Secret Life, who you made 2-1 to one in the morning line. And right next to him in the starting gate is going to be Devamani. And um, that one's 5-2. to two. Where are we going here? And um, is Chad Brown just... Has the two best horses in here.
1: Well, I, you know, they've been keeping the best company. I mean, they're running in uh, grade ones and grade twos and being very competitive. And like you said, Sacred Life, five wins and nine starts at the mile in the eighth distance. So he's at his perfect distance. Uh, I think he's going to be very, very tough to handle in here. Davante, he's the other one with Rosario. He's also popped up and run some big races, wins, you know, won win some graded stakes. I think those two and then the bottom horse, Santan. uh, Last time, it was a very slow pace, and it didn't set up well. And Santan still closed well into it to only get beat a half a length. There's a lot more pace in the race today. I just think Santan, Sacred, have the two, three, and the nine. But I think the two is probably the horse. So Chad
0: Brown works his horses together, usually these turf horses. These two, Sacred Life and Devamini, both have been working together at Palm Meadows. You can check out those works on xbtv.com to me. It looks like Sacred Life, um, at least in the workouts, gets the better of Devamani, whether he's on the inside or outside. Um, De- Rosario actually jumps on Devamani, so who knows? I think looking at the form, Devamani probably does better on a softer turf, something with some cut. If you look at his PPs, he, he wins when he gets that good yielding turf. We're going to be fast here. I'm leaning toward Sacred Life, um, but I-, I don't think I'm going to single Sacred Life, to be honest with you. I-, I think there's some other horses, and I'm always a little, a little worried about those horses coming first time over here. Um, on the Fairgrounds Turf course. It could, be, it could be a little bit different. Santine, I really think, is the one who can upset him. Um, he's one of those horses that was a buzz horse uh, last time out. You're 12-1 to one in the morning line. Yeah. He got bet down like a crazy horse off some works. And, you know, one of those things where the whole Twitter universe, and I know you're not on Twitter, but the whole universe was talking about Santine, oh, 12-1, Brendan Walsh. You know, it's one of those things where if you get a tip from one guy, make a bet. <laughs> if, if, if more than three people like him, book it. Um, yeah, he, and ran de- <laughs> he ran fourth. He ran fourth. So if you booked it, you did well. But uh, yeah, he had a little bit of a troubled trip, it closed well. And look, now second time over the turf here at the fairgrounds, that's an angle I like. He actually stayed here. Um, he was based at Palm Meadows. He shipped in for that fairgrounds handicap, and now he stayed here and worked three times on the dirt, which probably didn't tell us too much, right? Right. No, he just
1: real, real easy works. Yeah, very easy.
0: The long shot in here that I do like um, is another mystery. And maybe it's because I had him that day in the Connolly in Houston, and he dead-heated with Fantioso for uh, Nacho Correas. That race, I'll tell you, man, I don't know if you saw that race to Connelly. It was a dead heat. Another mystery was 24-1. to He got flying up. I thought he won. I mean, I really thought he won. I thought he he got up on the
1: outside, yeah. Yeah,
0: I thought he won that race. Jared Loveberry Loveberry has rode the turf very well here. He's intriguing to me. If the pace gets a little hot up front, um, Loveberry can come around and snipe him at the end. He's going to be one I'm definitely using, Um, definitely going to use in here. He's got two wins over the turf course here. He ran um, his best number ever um, on the sheets last time out. So I think he could be improving. I think he has another jump up. If you look at some of the speed figures and and you look at the the numbers on the sheets, he's not that far behind Sacred Life. So if he's got another one in him, I'm I'm going to use another mystery. So it's a good race. Um, A lot of these horses will come back. Uh, Chad Brown, just to tell you, in this race, he's uh, had six starters, two wins, a second and a third. So he's done well here. He's won it with Casino Host and Bricks and Mortar back in 2019. So he's um, <laughs> familiar with the Winter circle in the Mervyn Munez Classic. That's the 10th race on the card. The next two races are the big ones for three-year-olds. The 11th race, to Fairgrounds Oaks. Grade 2, points up for grabs. 100 points here, Mike, for the winner to the Kentucky Oaks. Smiling a 16th on the main track. And um, Echo Zulu, the champion two-year-old filly, makes her seasonal debut. She shows one, two, three, six works here at the fairgrounds. Have they all been exceptional, like Steve is saying? Beautifully, I believe was the quote he used, beautifully worked. workforce. Well, you know,
1: she got a late start. She didn't start till the beginning of February, and, you know, they brought it easy, three-eighths and then a half. And then she started slowly improving. And then her last two works are much better than the previous works. And her last work, a solid, uh, you know, minute and a fifth, finished up in 35 and change. So she's coming coming around. Uh, I ain't sure she's quite where she needs to be to be, you know, but I think the goal is the Kentucky Oaks. So I mean, but, I you know, she's definitely the horse to beat. I mean, she dominated two-year-olds, and if she runs anywhere near those last four, all four career starts, she's going to be real hard to beat. Now, I think she'll bust right out of there from the rail and go to the lead, and I think in connection is going to be right there stalking her. If in connection breaks, okay, uh, she's come back and worked exceptionally well since her last start. She looked like a horse that needed that race. She she just you know got tired the last sixteenth in that last start, but she came back on March the 11th and worked with Caputa, went 58-1 and went 111 and three for the six furlongs. So and she really galloped out and kept going strong. Actually, she galloped out better than Caputa did. So I think the Echo Zulu and Hidden Connection, the two most logical. Now for some reason those two hook up and really go quick early. Uh Berna Breezy might be a horse that could sneak up because she's definitely the closer in the race. Uh, and, you know, so i give her outside shot. But I think the one of the six, most logical. Yeah, I think
0: favor shipping in for Ty Pletcher has a little bit of early speed as well. I, I don't know if she's got Echo Zulu speed, but I, I got to think that, um, you know, Pletcher, this one's making her stakes debut. You know, she, she, let's see what kind of class she has. She's been favorite in all three starts this year. So they're obviously high on her. All three starts for her career, I should say. She's got some two-year-old form. Um, back at aqueduct she's done what she's had to do at Gulfstream. She's, she's kind of the wild card to me two seconds after that rachel alexandra last month i wanted no part of any horse yeah. coming out of there that's going to run here just based off times and things like that you know brad's going to bring turner the only loose, thing Brad. i didn't
1: like about uh, why i later ate the one is her two big wins were both of lasix now she's not yeah. gonna have lasix right right right
0: she has no lasix here at favor um so yeah, she's got that to deal with. But I, I do like I do like the burner breezy. You know, I, I've bettered this horse a couple of times this meet when she's won. Um, she's a hard trying horse. She comes with her clothes. Gets James Graham, the meet's leading rider. I think you're on to something there as far as burner breezy getting the points, um, getting some of these points that's uh, for this race. Hidden connection. She's the one. If you want anybody out of Rachel Alexandra, she would definitely be the one next time out to take, um, just because of the wide trip. I mean, you know, and I think she was there. Maybe you know. To be honest with you, LaCrette, I believe, was going to go on to win that race. And she suffered an injury. Um, Thankfully, she's okay. But the way that race ended, I got to think LaCrette was going to end up winning that race. Um, Hidden Connection was a little bit bothered by that. Uh, She made her run, but I think Brett's got her a lot lot tighter now. She's probably the main threat, um, the Connect Philly, Hidden Connection, to to Echo Zulu. But, man, it's going to be hard to beat Echo Zulu if you do. In and the, and the verticals, you're going to get you're paid. paid. You're, yeah, right. you're going to get paid. I just don't know how they're going to do it. She's got the perfect post, got them by. Got the speed. So, Echo Zulu, look for big things from her later on. Hidden Connection, a Breezy, those are my three in that, that race. race. Um, the big one, the 12th race, the Louisiana Derby, a million dollar pot here. The twinspires.com, Louisiana Derby, mile on the 16th, Mike, and um, Echo, I uh, echo. Epicenter is the morning line favorite. He's done well in the series this year. He's got two stakes wins here at the fairgrounds and just missed Le um, the LeCompte. The mile and 316th is something they've gone to here the last couple of years, stretching these horses out. Steve really likes it. Um, I think the trainers have all come around to it, to be honest, with you, it really gives, I think, horses here that run in the series a hometown advantage.
1: Well, it's the, you know, it's the next step. You go a mile and an eighth, then now you get into a mile and 316th, and then a mile and a quarter for the Kentucky Derby. So you improve, you know, going to further distance each time. Echo, epicenter is going to go, Mike, you gotta, you got to think he's going to be
0: on the lead. Is, are his fractions going to be softer, you think, in this race? Or you think he's going to get the lead like he did in uh, Risen Star? Um, could he get it easier lead and do it any easier than the Risen Star? Because in Lacomp he was pressed, and we saw him get sniped by Call of Midnight. I,
1: I don't see where that comes from in this race. I think he could be on the lead just as easy as he was in Risen Star. I have to agree with you. I think the be similar fractions, 47 and change for the half. And if he runs 47 and change for the half, I think he's going to be tough to beat because it looked like the distance isn't going to be any problem at all. Because I mean, he was geared down in the last start going a mile and eighth. He, he could have won by seven or eight lengths if he wanted to. So I got to think he's going to be definitely the horse to beat in here. If you're looking for an upset, I got three horses that I think could possibly pop up and run well. Zozo's, very impressive in his, you know, his last start, winning about 10 and a half at Oaklawn. Trained well since he's come back here. I, you know, a lot of upside with him. So I got to think he's got a chance. Call me midnight. Hadn't been out since the LaCombe, but really finished up well in his last work. Went 47-2, out in 59-3. and So, you know, that was an excellent work. I think Keith Dezomo might have done the right thing, trained him up to this race, because he seems to run best when he has a lot of time between races. And Caputa, that's the one that showed a lot of speed in his last start uh, and stalked the pace with Cyberknife. Could, you know, wasn't good enough that day to beat him, but he ran a big race, finishing a solid second, and then he came back with that fast 58 workout in 11-3. and, 11 and three. So I got to think one of those three could possibly give the epicenter a shot if he don't – but if epicenter runs his race, I think it's his race to lose.
0: is going to be around probably even money um, in the neighborhood of that. We have had upsets in the Louisiana Derby. The last two, two of the three – last uh, – Two out of, well, last year, Mandaloon, big favorite, lost. Um, and then three years ago, War of Will came in um, to Louisiana Derby as a heavy favorite, and uh, he went down. So it, it can happen. It could happen in these big races. Um, Epicenter certainly looks like he's got, he's got the good stuff for this race. Colby Midnight does, you know, he's kind of been a forgotten horse, right? You don't see him since January. Um, I think Keith Tosomo does have a really nice horse on his hands here, and he wants some points. And look, let's be honest. You get a hundred points for first, fifty for second, twenty points for third. Is gonna get you in the Derby this year. Oh, I would think so. So, you know, you can see those boys riding hard for third and fourth place because they're gonna, um, they they're gonna have their shot in the Derby. Zozo's very interesting. Hasn't done nothing wrong. Brad Cox um, is gonna send Cyberknife to the Arkansas Derby, so he switches places. Zozo's comes here. He's got speed to burn too, and I think he, um, you know, being on the inside of Epicenter out of the gate probably isn't what Brad would have picked. But you know, you got kind of take the hand you dealt with just want to touch on some others here curly tails a curling for Dallas Stewart Dallas um he's got the maiden win at Oaklawn. he's going to run here um looks like he's going to run here we don't have any early scratches yet but this is a horse that should get better as he gets older being out of curling Dallas has done well um in these big stakes races throughout the years and Pioneer Medina you know he takes his third flight back over here um to the fairgrounds he ran in the undercard on Lecomte won an allowance race was was pretty um, and that was on Lasix. He comes off of Lasix, gets fourth place, was on was part of the pace chasing epicenter around there in the um in the Risen Star. So Todd sends this one back and Talek Afflion jumps aboard. So he's got his um one, two, three, four, five, his sixth different rider um out of his six starts for Pioneer Medina. We we don't get to see him work, Mike, but um, what kind of chance you give him? Is he a B on your ticket? Is
1: he a C? Ah, Is he a throwout? He's going to be on my ticket just for the reason, you know, he's in, an improving horse. And Todd Pletcher knows how to bring him around as 3 rows. olds And, I, you know, I, I can't knock him. He didn't run that bad in his last start, only beating three-and-a-quarter length at center. So, you know, in Smile Happy and Zodan, two pretty nice 3 rows that he only got beat the head and the neck by. So, I mean, you know, he, he didn't run a bad race in that race. And if he chose... A next step up and moves up and proves a little bit no surprise if he gets a piece of it but i still think i'm not sure he can handle epicenter the two
0: horses from florida let's touch on um galt and rattle and roll galt is one for bill mott <clears throat> here's a question for you you've been around here a long time mike you've been around here a long time here's a question has bill mott ever won the con- won the louisiana derby taylor special taylor <laughs> taylor special 1984 Is uh, the year Bill Mott won his first Louisiana Derby? He won another one too in 91 with Richmond.
1: Oh, yeah. Richmond.
0: A two to five winner. He's a Florida bred. Um, Both of those horses were for for Mr. Lucas, um, Mr. William Lucas. And uh, Taylor Special was a nice horse. 84. You jumped right on that one. That's impressive. That's impressive. I'll never forget
1: that horse. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you a story about that horse
0: and Buddy D. (laughs) Is that for another time? Another time. (laughs) (laughs) So Bill Mott brings uh, Galt over here. Um, you see the running lines in his PPs. He lost the rider. He was kind of involved around that spill um, that happened in the Fountain of Youth uh, over there at Gulfstream. So Bill Mosca come this way with him. Um, he's interesting. He hasn't been bet a lot. You know, he's 19 to one. Two starts back in the Holy Bull ran really well that day. Was part of the pace and 18 to one last time. Rattle and Roll is one for Kenny McPeak. Mike, that uh, that trains with Smile Happy. We saw Smile Happy here um, at, in the Risen Star. He was this one was a little bit behind in his training with Smile Happy. Kenny Send this one over here out of the Fountain of Youth, really kind of disappointed. They're just, just very nondescript six. I mean, he, he wasn't really involved around that trouble too much, um, but he just didn't, he didn't fire. And uh, maybe the change of scenery for him is going to wake him
1: up. Uh, you know, you're right. If he runs back to those two, uh, his last two races as a two-year-old, where he beat pretty solid fields in both of them and, and was very impressive, but then kind of threw a dull, a dull race on his first race back. He come back with a couple of solid works since then. Sure, and, and look at those works. If he, if he happens to run you know, back to that two year old farm, no surprise if he pops up and runs well.
0: I hope his works are on XBTV because I want to go check them out. I mean, 58 and four, 58 and three, um, those are some fast times in the morning. And um, Kenny McPeak has, has done well here at the fairgrounds when he does ship in, and Brian Hernandez is the main guy for him. Um, Rattling rule interests me a little bit underneath on the tickets. So, that's a look at the Louisiana Derby, uh, race 12 on the card. Here at the fairgrounds on Saturday, Mike. Let's get to some uh, some best bets
1: and some long shot picks. I'll let you uh, I'll let you start. What's your uh, What's your best bet? What's your long shot for Saturday? I just think Olympiad's going to be really hard to beat because I don't see a lot of speed in the race. So I think they'll be able to dictate the, the fractions, and uh, he looks like mile and eighth will be perfect for him. So I- I'm making him my best bet. I'm gonna go really early in the card from a long shot special number eight. My brother Patrick from Mike Stidham barn. Just the fact that. His last two works, he worked with Proxy, and he's worked pretty good. And Mike, definitely good at getting a horse ready two turns. And the ones that have run already that are the program favorites uh, don't seem like they're anything special. So I'm looking for a first-time starter, Mike, to pop up and run big. Um, I'm going to stick with Epicenter as my
0: best player. I've played him every time. I've got the future ticket on him. Um, the 54-1 to 1 future ticket for the Derby um, that was uh, placed in, in Thanksgiving. So I've been on Epicenter bandwagon here this whole time, and I'm not jumping off now. So Epicenter is going to be um, a play for me. I'll have him singled on the back half of some of my tickets. Um, I don't think we get $8. What a gift that was in the Risen Star. Um, so Epicenter is going to be my best play. I think for my long shot, I'm going to jump into the Munez and take, um, take another mystery. You know, I think this horse had double-digit odds. Um, could float up. Chris blocks horses on the turf generally do well. This horse is in good form. And, um, you know, he, I think he wants every bit of that mile and eighth he's going to get here on the turf. And I just hope he comes running down the center of the track on Saturday in the Munez. Another mystery is my upset special. So that'll do it here for the Fairgrounds podcast. Um, Mikey D, thanks for everything. Thanks for all your help this meet, um, doing these podcasts and these big days. I know the, 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 the patrons and the, uh, the listeners certainly appreciate it. Well, we enjoyed the meet, and hopefully uh, you know, it would be a bang-up finish. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can do some, uh, some Triple Crown ones, too. So we'll stay tuned for that and see if we can do some, uh, some Fairgrounds horses on the Triple Crown Trail as we get down the road. Uh, for Mike Deliberto, I'm Chad Shack Snyder. Check back later this week. I have another podcast coming up that will be dropping here um, probably Thursday with uh, Kenny Schmidt from FB Winners and John Hurricane Hurd, um, the Jesuit boy, who lives in Arkansas. He'll be joining me. We'll break down to pick five um, here at the Fairgrounds. I'll let those guys tell you a little bit of how, they, how their tickets look on the big day on Saturday. Um, follow me on Shex Nola on Twitter, at Shex Nola. And good luck at the races, everybody, on Saturday.